This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Their happy gummies and their calm gummies cured my dating anxiety, and I am so grateful. You should try them. You need to try them. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Head to mindsetwellness.com. Fill up your cart with those happy gummies to take before a date and the calm gummies to take after a date. And use code seeing other people at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm Alana's friend, and I'm here to talk about the ups and downs of dating and the battlefield. Battlefield of love, really. Battlefield. (laughs) Love is a battlefield. Jordan Sparks got it right. She did. She did. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, Sammy. I'm very excited. We met, you and I met like a few months back and I remember telling you like what I did and you were like, oh, like I'm ready to come on whenever. Literally. It was literally (laughs) in our first conversation ever that you were like, I'm coming on an episode and I'm like, okay, we're doing it. I certainly have the content. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you tell me where you want to begin your story? When did Sammy first enter the battlefield? What was, what was, what was Sammy war one? Sammy war one was, um, probably after, college I was I was about 26 years old and I ended a six-year relationship with my college sweetheart um Ooh, we'll college call, sweetheart college I've never sweetheart. heard that term before yeah I, I think I just coined it I like it um yeah so I had been with him since I was 19 years old um it was pre-dating apps it was like pre like really the modern day dating world that is now we met in college he lived you know two blocks from me so dating him for six years and breaking up um you know we 
I mean, obviously, like, we just weren't, we weren't meant for each other. We have a great rapport, like, mm-hmm. great person. Um, but I just, I, I was living in New York for four of those six years um, as a non-single person. So when we broke up, it was sort of like, you know, the dawn of my single time. And when I really started to, like, understand how to use dating apps and meet new people and just really get out there. Um, and I'd really never dated before outside of my high school boyfriend. So, mm-hmm. um, that was, that's the beginning of my, that's, that was really the beginning for me. When you, so you broke up with him. Um, it was or, sort of a mutual, we were long distance, like I said. Right. Um, and I was actually going to move to Chicago where he lived and I was in New York obviously. And, um, when it came time for that, we just realized we weren't meant to be. And he had cold feet about me moving and I had cold feet about him having cold feet and we went our separate ways. Um, but like I said, like we've now since, uh, reconcile that uh those like differences and we've chatted a lot and like I see him at you know weddings and we run in the same circles and nothing but good things to say about that person um but well here's my question for you like how because I feel like I rarely see exes especially exes who dated for that long being able to be cordial and even like friendly you know Yes, I actually am like the poster child for being really good friends with your ex. <laughs> we're, we're opposites. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, like if, like truly, like people always ask me how, and that's. Uh, but like I said, my other, my only other boyfriend before that was in from high school, and we grew up together. So we were twelve when we met. We were like sixteen when we dated. Eighteen when we broke up, and he's still in my life to this day, like a very close friend. Um, like he probably knows me better than most people. And when you are a child and you grow up with someone like that, and like they're your first everything, whatever. Like yeah, we had a couple of like awkward years in college but we were able to kind of you know I saw him you know he's a camp friend so like I used to see him at like all the camp sleepovers and like you know all the things and then we kind of reconciled that but with this particular person yeah it was an awkward couple of years like I there was a lot of anger that I personally held I was kind of um you know I think like being together for six years you obviously go through a lot with people and this particular person um like unfortunately did go through a lot of um like like familial traumas and you know, being like, I'm the only person really that was a part of that during that part of his life. Um, so I think when he had cold feet about me moving, I harbored like a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought like, well, if I'm not his person, like after, you know, being with someone through those things, then like, you know, I was offended. I felt like really, really hurt. So it was a rough two years, but like I said, we kind of, the world kind of made us continue to see each other like year after year. And, we were kind of just like at a wedding one night, like one day and everyone coupled up to dance. You know how they play that one slow song? Like yeah. why do they play one slow song at every wedding and it's so <laughs> awkward. And normally I'm the one that like goes to my best friends and I'm like in that threesome, uh-huh. like awkward dance circle with like my friends and their husbands. Um, but we looked at each other and we we're like, all right, bring it in here. Like, let's do this. And then wow, like we, okay. we chatted, we ended up chatting that night and like just sitting by the bar and like catching up about each other's families and like truly like platonically, we are like just a good rapport at this point. So it's been years, but that is what catapulted me into the dating world. And right. let me tell you, I went like gung-ho into that. Head first. <laughs> Head first. Jumped right in. Yes. What was that like? I mean, I guess it makes sense because, you know, like we all hear about and like, sorry if anyone gets offended by the, this term, but like everyone's like college ho phase, like stuff like that, where like people just like go a little wild because it's like new and different and all these people and alcohol and stuff. But like you had that just like later on in life. Truly. And um, I actually lost my virginity to the person that I dated in college. So this was like not just me dating people, but this was like the first time I was like really even like potentially sleeping with other people or Mm. anything like that. So um, I think for me, like the kind of dater that I wanted to be was like the no stone left unturned kind. So I like had all the apps, like everything was like meticulously created. And I was like, always trying to be a yes girl and saying yes to every date. Like wasn't, I didn't want to, you know, I think there's like a stigma about the apps where like you miss a lot of opportunity because you're looking for, you know, the person has to look a certain way or be a certain height or do a certain job. I like, I wanted to completely like avoid that. So instead I like, literally swipe on most people and I like, like to answer a lot of people. I gave a lot of people my number. This is my, my dating tactic was like swipe on a lot of people like throw five people your number three of them will text you two of them will set up a date with you and one of them will actually happen right and that's what I tell my friends because I have a lot of friends who 
you know, they like wait till like one person gets yeah. really, you know, in like a certain spot and then they exchange numbers and then like something falls off and it's like you've kind of wasted some time. And then I you get like, then you get emotionally attached. I completely agree also with those specific numbers. Like match with five people, like or like match with ten people, five conversations of those will start, like send them to text, and then some will fall off because yeah. you get busy, they get busy, somebody forgets to respond or doesn't really know what to say, or ends up going on a date with somebody that went really well. So they're like less invested in this conversation. Like, I actually think those numbers are so accurate. And that's what makes it so hard. Totally. And I, I also think it, you know, allows you to, you know, take like compare what's going on, right. like during that time, like, were you enjoying this person on one date? Or were you did you not really like the way they approached scheduling that date with you versus the other people? Like, it really mm -hmm. allows you to see that variation, like in real time, because obviously, like hindsight's 2020. And like, right. things in the moment are harder to see. But if you have a comparison, I just found like that really helpful. So you were really like scientists, Sammy going around yes. studying <laughs> all of this. Yes, I was uh, <laughs> like trying to you know, have a science to, to the approach, but, but it was really fun. Like I met some really, really cool people. And I, I also told myself, you know, I had a lot of, um, single friends at that time or had been single for many years and they had sort of like soured, like they had gotten like, you know, a little disheartened and like, yeah, it's hard to stay positive, but I knew that I never really wanted to go down that route. So I was always like, you know what, I'll be friends with whomever I will like have a good time and I will like, you know, learn something new you know, maybe make a friend. Like mm -hmm. I know I had actually had someone that I was friends with for a while that I met on a dating app and, yeah. um, it ended up turning romantic like later, oh, but that's interesting. Yes. Did you ever wish, I mean, I guess you did it, but like there were so many times where I would meet people on dating apps and I would be like, I would love to be best friends with this person love. I don't want to date them, but I want them to be my best friend, but it's so hard to get there. Totally. It's, it's like nearly impossible. Yeah. Or there's the people that you go on the date with and you feel like they're your best friend already. And they might like in this particular case, like maybe they like you or they feel like there's something romantic there, but you can only really perceive them in a friend way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely had that. I met somebody on an app and they like, they had an interest in me and they pursued me for a bit, but I literally could not see this person romantically for yeah. a while but I had such a connection to them like I was having so much fun and we did like we did like see each other as friends a couple times and after I think we did that for like a year and then I think he that person honestly got sick of me and sick of like the pursuit of me yeah <laughs> um he actually took me to the like the coolest party I've ever been to in my entire life in New York City um he called me one day and he was like do you want to go to a pool party and I was like Sure. I thinking like, I don't even know where we we're going to go. Like, I thought it was going to be like a, like a, like a rooftop pool. Like, like a, Mr. Purple. Yeah. Like a, yeah, <laughs> literally. And he just was like, show up at this address. It ended up being like 10 blocks from where I lived. And he actually lived a block from where I lived. So I met him outside and we go upstairs and it's literally a penthouse apartment and it was a private pool. And it was just genuinely like what? the group of people there, like, like 360 views of the city. I was like, where am I? And this is exactly what like dating in New York should be. Yeah. And honestly, I think that was like the first time I ever started like looking at him as more than a friend. Like this was just like something that happened from being friends with this person and meeting right. him on a dating app smash cut 10 months later, 12 months later, just having a random experience. Yeah. And that's what I really loved about starting to date and just like getting out there and meeting people. Um, so yeah, that same person though ended up really breaking my heart. Like, no. yeah. So like once the, the table sort of turned and I started to sort of like see him in a new light and this is, I'm sure there's a lot to be said about like the push pull. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> Correct. he felt that obviously. And I obviously started to like try to, you know, drop the hints. Yes. Yeah whatever uh bat my eyelashes do all the things and uh he was not having it like he really wasn't having it wow but uh you know as as people do like we ended up sort of having like a probably unhealthy like physical relationship yeah. for a while and feelings certainly developed um but this person refused to commit and um he broke my heart like you know probably like six months into us like trying six months out, into the situation ship yeah 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 um and yeah then there was like so I was very like upset about that yeah um three months go by we were like radio silence and I he lived a block from me so I was in constant fear that I was gonna run into him like in the neighborhood or on the train. That's one of the hardest things. Like it seems so great to meet somebody who lives right around the corner from you or even in like you want to meet somebody in the elevator of your building. Well, guess what? If it goes poorly, 
you're still going to see them in the elevator of your building. <laughs> exactly. Which is like why I tried to have the friend rapport with everybody. But yeah. this one was really tough because I was really hurting hurt. from this one. Yeah. Um, like my, I remember my birthday came and went and like he didn't text me and I was sad. You know, I thought he was going to text me. But anyways, um, I remember one morning, this is honestly awful. Like they had actually shut the water off in my building. So I remember like I did not brush my teeth this morning, which is really like embarrassing. Um, or like I couldn't brush my teeth. So like, thank I'm God. I'm scared I, to find out where this is going. <laughs> thank God I had like gum and had had a like whole solution to that. It's like, it's like 8.58. I'm running to the train at 63rd Street where the, um, the F and the Q meet. Mm -hmm. And I see him. Oh, my God. Literally. I had not seen him nor spoken to him since he broke my heart three months later. So it's, like, impossible to avoid him. Like, yeah. that that station is pretty large, and it's, like, not that populated. So it was, like, okay, we are, like, four and a half feet away from each other on this, like, before I realized it was him. And honestly, like, we, we were so – we had that friend connection that it was, like, fine. You know yeah. what I mean? And we're laughing, and, like, he asked – he was, like, happy birthday. I was, like, how was your brother's wedding? Like, we all knew what had happened while we weren't speaking. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing I know, you know how the Q and the F come at the exact same time? Like, they always are at the platform at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. it's, it comes, and we, like, said bye to each other. This man was six feet, you know, like – First of all, I, I love a tall man. Like, I have a, I have a problem. We have a lot to... That's a whole other <laughs> I am, thing we're going to talk I'm about. I'm 4'11", but I love a tall man. So he's six feet tall, so the hugs are always awkward. Like, that's just how it is. So we go in for the hug, and, like, our trains are coming, and, like, I'm getting on the F, and he's getting on the Q, and we go, and we hug each other, and the next thing I know, we're making out. Like, he kissed me, and Shut it was literally probably 9.03 at this point, and it was a Thursday, and, like, the work week. And, and your water was off. <laughs> and my water was off. I was literally like so shook. There were people around probably being like seeing the whole interaction, like from the initial like, hey, yeah. happy birthday. How was your brother's wedding to the departure? And then like we couldn't even digest that. The trains were here. We literally both got onto the trains and like went our separate ways. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi-infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across, and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. And then like, nothing? I texted him being like, that was, I was like, what just happened? And he was just like, what do you mean? Which is so classic him. And like, it's so his personality. It's so him, you guys. It's so him. <laughs> yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah. So that was like, honestly, really, really crazy. And then I just texted my friend. I like got to work and I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, I don't really know what just happened to me. It was so bizarre. We ended up, I mean, like truly, like we never, like we really never saw each other again. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, so dating the, in New York. Dating in New York. Yeah. Started as a friendship. <laughs> so okay, wait, I wanna ask you a question because I know you and I have talked about this before. Going back to the whole friendship thing, or like if one person feels like the friend thing or doesn't want to see someone again and the other person does, you have something that you say when if somebody ever texts you being like, Oh, I feel just like friend vibes. Tell tell everybody about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I do like to say, like, I'm a huge proponent of telling somebody that you only see them as a friend, like immediately, really. You know, I'm all about the I'm like a non-ghost mentality. Like I put out, put that out there and I really hope that I receive it back. But, you know, there are times where somebody that like maybe I liked texts me the next day and they're like, you know, um, hey, Sammy, I was just not sure. Like, I think I was just getting friend vibes, um, like wish you all the best. And I always love to write back and just be like, oh, my God, thank Thank you so much x like i'm so relieved you feel the same way like wish you the best <laughs> it's just like a little like way to make yourself feel better like leaves them super confused like they usually write back and try to like continue the conversation like i feel like men do not know how to digest that like yeah. they're so confused but it's just like you know your way to feel like a little you know like your little win at the end of that it's like it's harmless right but it makes you a little empowered yeah especially when like you're obviously feeling bummed but like and it doesn't matter what you say in a way but also so why not make yourself feel a little better by saying that to kind of bruise their ego a tiny bit the way they <laughs> absolutely like really it doesn't matter whether you felt that way or not to them if they already feel friend vibes so yeah. you might as well just like gleefully agree and send them on their way and wish them well I shockingly so support that love it 
I like it's really I have literally used this, received it, used it back, told like share share with many people. I have a I have a couple of things like that, but like that's my that's my go to number one because that's the hard that's like one of the hardest ones to get right yeah. like after a date because like that's not what anybody wants to hear because no one's putting that out there like, right fronting that on there you're not going on a date from a dating app being like i hope this person likes me as a friend (laughs) yeah i hope this person sees me in a friend light (laughs) yeah yeah totally okay so i know there are parts to your story and your kind of dating journey over the last like 10 years that haven't been so exciting and positive i definitely do want to talk about that if you want to start that off yeah absolutely so um it was probably like probably a year and a half ago at this point, maybe almost two years ago, um, just before the pandemic, I met someone through a mutual friend, um, actually joined a kickball league a couple years back, met someone like met a girlfriend through it. And she sort of like introduced me to to somebody. Um, and I ended up matching. We like exchanged numbers and then I don't think we ever went out. And then we ended up matching on Hinge. Um, and when that happened, we were like, oh, we're the people that are supposed to go out. So we did. Um, and yeah, like I think it was really great at first. Like it happened what I think is pretty normally and like pretty seamlessly like we weren't gung-ho right out the gate like once every other week kind of then once every week and then like we were we were like very much spoke about the progression of our relationship like for the first time in a while in the dating world I felt like um we were on the same page like no conversation was uncomfortable about like deleting the apps or exclusively seeing each other which I think like has been a, a a great takeaway from that experience because I think that that can be a really uncomfortable thing for a lot of um, people in dating and it was like it's nice to know that it doesn't have to be that way and that it can just be like mutual and like progressive and seamless Um, obviously like there are difficult things but um, yeah and uh, you know we we dated like thing you know the pandemic happened and things sort of like accelerated probably like faster than they normally would have um and uh, you know we got we got really serious really fast um and yeah like I think he's probably the first person that I had ever dated that I thought was the one and like even being in a six-year relationship I kind of always had that doubt so you know they say when you know you know and I thought I knew um so yeah probably around like seven or eight months in um I just noticed like a pretty significant like shift in his behavior and like the whole withdrawal and like the you know the irritability and I just like felt like there was something that I was sort of missing Mm -hmm. and you know he was pretty we were pretty verbal and like we we had really great communication up to this point um so I I didn't really like anticipate any issues here but um you know he just kind of kept saying like he's going through a lot of personal things and he doesn't really know like what's going on but he knows that he loves me and he knows like you know we had said we loved each other he had come to Cincinnati a few times and met my my family and Mm -hmm. um my like nephews and everything and so um yeah, like it was just kind of like a little alarming and, and like, you know, we had we were coming up on like our year. Mark. Was it was it weird hearing him say like that he had personal things going on when you're like, well, you know everything about him. Like that's I feel like that that phrase would confuse me. Absolutely. And I think that that was probably like the hardest thing. I'm somebody that needs to understand everything. Um and this was not making like a lot of sense. Like I couldn't really put my finger on whatever was happening and um I really wanted to be like a good partner and be like super supportive. And I tried, but, um, there was sort of like this just like gap in the scenario. And I could really like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but like he was extremely communicative and, um, like still was like supporting me and everything I was doing. And I just like, I felt like he was fulfilling his, you know, his role as my boyfriend, but I could tell that he was sort of like drifting off in a way. Like he was, uh, yeah. Like, that's probably the best way of putting it. Um, yeah. And so like that went on for a few months. Um, we went home for a wedding in July and like at the end of that month, he just ended things with me, like kind of out of the blue. How um, did he do that? Well, he did it on a park bench, like near central park, which is definitely like one of the stranger places to be broken up with, um, in public. <laughs> Not like great. I feel like that's textbook though. If you ask somebody, they like would say, or especially like if they, if someone thinks it's not going to go well, like do it in public. Yeah, maybe that was it. And like we, he had sort of been dodging me for like that week. And so just like even seeing him in public was like, did you feel it coming? Um, no, like I really did not (laughs) only because I felt like I was being so reassured that it had literally nothing to do with me or my, like our relationship. So I was pretty shocked. Um, 
and yeah, so that, you know, being broken up with that on a park bench near Central Park, um, definitely one, like one place to, to be, to have that done. Um, and then you should get one of those little park <laughs> bench plaques that oh said God, like, yes. on this day, like <laughs> Blink broke up with Sammy. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Be and then every time I walk by, I can be like, just give a little moment of peace That'd to that be moment. Hilarious. That would be hilarious. I, I always love reading those by the way. And like, sometimes they put me in like a really great mood. That one would yeah. not, but I saw TikTok recently. Someone was like, it was a girl who posted about like going to watch my brother's proposal. And I guess he proposed, it didn't show the actual proposal, but it showed after the plaque on the bench. And it was like, Adam proposed to Alex on this bench. Oh my God. So I guess like, I think that's so cute. Like so probably sweet. like they were on the bench and yes. then like, he was like, read this and then get so got down nice. on me. I think that's so, special. that would definitely make me smile yeah. for sure. That's so nice. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, but this was not, that. no, yes, this was not that. <laughs> so, you know, I went about my way, but, um, this is where things sort of like got really challenging. I mean, I think this, this happens often with, uh, breakups, like they're not clean. They don't, you know, they're not one day. And, um, we had been like pretty inseparable for that year. And we had talked a lot about our future, which I think is, you know, tough. And like, I'm 30 years old and almost 31. And like, you know, they do say that like it can happen fast and things like that. I have like my own thoughts about that post this experience, but, um, we, you know, we, we, we had a lot of conversations that ensued following that day on the park bench. Um, there was a lot of, like, I sort of am of the mentality of like, if you break up with me, like I will walk away, close the, close the computer, close the phone, whatever, however it was done. And I don't look back personally. Like okay. I, I feel like no one should ever have to tell you twice and, and that sort of thing. Um, but this person continued to sort of reach out to me, like, couple weeks would go by a couple days would go by like they made a big mistake they wanted me back and you know when you're in it it's really hard to sort of like have that um like you know to see clearly really so there's so, a lot of fog so he's like calling you and saying I made a mistake I want you back yes like I want to marry you like I made a huge mistake wow. like yes um and that you know and of, of course like I I wanted that too and like right. this was like what every girl who has their heart broken like kind of dreams of happening it's like how can I get him back even if you don't like you want it to happen even if you're not going to go make it happen yeah and if it starts to happen it's like holy shit I'm, this is what I needed like, yeah and I've maybe this is what it's dreaming meant to of be. like yeah. yes and then you feel like okay this person's really doing this and they're really trying to to make this happen um that probably ensued for like three or so months do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. After, which which is a roller coaster. During um, that time, were you saying, okay, let's try again? What was happening? I think the first, it probably happened three solid times. The first time I was like open arms. The second time I, something inside me was starting to feel unsure and uncomfortable. But I said, sure, but like it has to be at my pace. And like, I don't know what I'm comfortable, like where I'm comfortable at. And like, we decided we weren't seeing other people while we were trying to like, speak this you know like talk this through and um you know we we were like communicating sort of like as much as we went when we were dating and we were seeing each other quite often so um it really felt like we were both working on that um and then yeah I don't know I got like I think we were it was probably like September timing and it had just been exhausting and it sort of like ended like with a you know, a phone call that felt like, you know, we should just go our separate ways right now. This has been exhausting. Something wasn't working no matter what we were doing. It wasn't working. And, um, you know, he again, like took a lot of the responsibility of like his own personal, like what he was going through and like a lot of like, I will always care about you. Like hope this is just a chapter in our book, all the things that you would hear in a rom-com that someone would tell you. And so we hung up the phone and like, honestly, we both sent each other hearts. And like, I felt like we had this mutual understanding of like, let's just finally go our separate ways for like 
a year or six months and you know maybe life will bring us back together yeah um so two weeks go by probably of like radio silence first radio silence of that length ever mm-hmm. so i was like okay like this is progress this is progress this is, this we're is- actually both working individually towards being in a better place yes and um you know like i would check in and he would like kind of respond and be like it's totally okay like he had let me know it was totally fine for to check me in to check and, in absolutely yeah. so you know i did every now and again because at the same time i did like have care for this person and yeah you were worried like, about i was him. worried about right. him yes um and then uh, you know I started just like seeing some strange behavior take place on social media. Like I had noticed one day that he'd unfollowed me and like, fine. Like I talked to some of my guy friends about it and they were like, you know, Sammy, like you're going through a breakup and it's, it's hard to see people and right. it's time to like, you know, it's, it's probably for the best and whatnot. Um, but then I started noticing that like he had sort of like unfollowed me on all platforms like Facebook and like snapchat and like all things that just felt like pretty like charged right Mm -hmm. like thought like thought out um and then like a couple days later a friend of mine like mentioned something that like that person had also like unfollowed them and then i just did a little digging and i just realized he had completely like depleted his social media presence of like me or my family or anyone like any trace of crossover what about your mutual friend that introduced you still follows both of us okay (laughs) So yeah, Switzerland, Switzerland, yeah. <laughs> um, which, which is nice. But, um, but no, like there was like probably 30 or 40 people that were moved at this point. Wow. So I reached out. I thought that was like pretty, pretty strange. And please note, like only two weeks had gone by since our phone, our phone call where we had kind of just like both mutually shared like our deep connection and love of each other and like kind of going our separate ways. Right. So like 10 days had gone by, maybe t- two weeks tops. And um, I reached out just kind of to say like, you know, kind of worried about you I didn't want to call any attention to that because I honestly felt that a little petty so I didn't I just wanted to check in and just like make sure you know we could still connect and see how the other person was and I just got like an extremely like cold and like thoughtless response that was just like hey couldn't see a future together need to move on like no apology no nothing and that's this is coming a few weeks after him saying like i hope this is just a chapter in our long book like, literally we'll, 10 days <laughs> the world will bring us back <laughs> like together yes like it was so strange like if i'm being generous it was three weeks like generously um and then that's also not only that coming off the back of that but like months of like this I ongoing you, saga like, we're gonna make it yes. work yeah and then there's another plot twist <laughs> so that was honestly like really just like I don't even know like the feeling that I had when I opened that note was just like something I've never had before it was just it was kind of a like it was like eerie like it was scary like I just didn't recognize the person and it really started to settle in my mind what might have been happening here and what was going on I'm glad you said that it's like you didn't recognize him because I've definitely felt that way too where like after a breakup there's some exchange where I'm like oh my god this is not the person that this was weeks ago days ago whatever it was like what just happened and it's a complete shock to your system absolutely and I think like you know when you date people and you know people say things happen fast like this is what people mean like you really don't know people until you you know spend many time like much time with them go through ups and downs and move in and like learn their you know their their worst habits their best habits all the things and see how they respond and react to like the changing world so um yeah I like really was shocked like I had to like hop on a plane like immediately um I didn't I I did not even respond I mean there was no there was only real response to that if I was to respond to that it would be for myself and I did not even feel like I needed to give that person and would have been like 25 pages long. yeah the response and um you know how they always say if you're about to send a long text just don't Mm -hmm. it was that so um yeah I just didn't and um I I stayed with my family for a while and like really got back on my feet but probably only a few days after that um you know I had a friend who (laughs) this is actually pretty funny but um I have a friend who had a fake Instagram account who like had followed this person like probably years prior like when I went on a first date with them oh my god okay like this person had this like full-blown Instagram account that was like um it was just for stalking people just for stalking people and like I didn't even know like I don't even know if she followed him but she used to sort of like check in on all like everyone at our like all of our coworkers when we would go on like new dates she would just like check in and his name was actually John 
And uh, yeah, John was like a full blown baker, like had a like a really extravagant profile that you could date back to like 2012. Like it was really thought out. And John would just, you know, peek in on all of our new dates and like just check in on the people that we were starting to see and just see what they were up to. I think it's so funny that it's a guy doing this because when you first started explaining it, I assumed it was obviously a girl. Totally. I've just never heard of like a guy having a fake Instagram account. Yes, it was so to genius. Check on other people. Yeah, it was genius. And honestly, like it was, it's such a laugh. And we'd always just say like, can John go? and like drop in on x y or z or like yeah. and then you know she would report back to me and just say like john sees this right now or like john noticed this so anyways a couple days after oh I, wait your friend that was a girl <laughs> yes, had this, this instagram yes. going by john who's a baker yes oh and like especially wait, for people that's with <laughs> hilarious <laughs> yeah, so, so it wasn't just like zero posts like it was like an actual like quote-unquote person literally like john. so much that's of input into this wild yes and okay. like we love to leverage john for for all oh types of things God. okay and i'm like, glad i put two and two together yes so, so it actually so, was a girl got it yeah yes and john you know john's busy like john keeps up like he knows what's going on right so I have an open Instagram account, right? So, you know, there's times where I'm looking at who's viewing my stories and there are some, you know, like nondescript or like random people, some bots in the mix and like probably some finstas, right? <laughs> um, it could be like my high school boyfriend. It could be like whomever, right? Who knows? Um, so yeah, so a couple days after I had received that pretty alarming and pretty upsetting text, um, I was home with my family in Cincinnati and, you know, like really just trying to understand what had happened between the call and this text and nothing was like really aligning. And my friend calls me on the phone and she explains to me that John saw that this person was on a trip kissing another girl. This is weeks after... This is just like merely like three weeks after this phone call and like like hours after the text that I had received that was like, I can't see a future together anymore. So I was like, you know, it's like just when you think like you are as low as you can be, it was like the bar was in hell at that point. Like I had never like I couldn't even I didn't even know who this person was like this was all like a complete shock to me. And I had realized like I really had no idea who this person was that I had just spent like the last year of my life with like really and like you know it was it was I mean thank god I was home with my family at that time because yeah. I really like needed support and um I stayed there for you know like a week or so and then like you know came back here and like obviously I'm super grateful to my friends and my family for like yeah helping me through that but it was um it's been like really rough I mean there's that's a lot to digest in one thing right like that's like you know you don't know who the person is they obviously like I mean, it, it seems as though like maybe if they weren't cheating, it just was a super fast, you know, fast to be, to go from meeting somebody <laughs> to bringing them on vacation or going on vacation with them. That doesn't happen in three weeks. That had to have happened while, while you guys were trying to fix things while he was telling you he loved you, still saw a future with you, wanted it to be you two at the end. Yes, I agree. And like, that was just a really, it was just like a lot of putting a lot of things together and trying to understand. And then like, you know, I think when you look back at things, like there's probably a lot of red flags that I was ignoring at that, you know, during those at least three months where things weren't really adding up. Um, you know, it was a little confusing. There was a lot of like space and distance and un like a lot of unclarity on like, tons of things um but yeah so you know I that was a lot for me and that was probably like one of the lowest points of my like dating life in general because again like I said you know I've I've dated a lot of people and I dated someone for six years I've dated someone for you know a year here eight months here there but I really thought I was going to spend my life with this person and I I really I personally had never felt that with anyone before so um it's just been a lot of realizing that life isn't, you know, always what you think. Things aren't always what they seem and things don't always turn out the way that we hoped or planned. Um, but I am very grateful, you know, at the end of the day, and it took me a while to get here, that it was really only like a year of my life or a little shy of a year of my life. Um, I know that, you know, these things can happen well into marriages and like, you know, kids can be involved and shared, you know, apartments. I mean, we were like talking about moving in together and things like that. So, you know, I definitely try to see you know, the good in that. And like, you know, I think it cr like left me a much more like discerning dater as I like try, you know, now like nine or so or months later to get back into the dating app world once again and like dip my toes in. Um, I think like a lot more things are important to me and I'm just like a lot more um, alert. You know, I, I'm still open minded. I'm still like an every stone, like <laughs> no stone left unturned kind of person. But um, yeah, I think I kind of have a lot more um, judgment and discernment when I when I'm dating. So how have you been feeling about, I guess, trusting your gut or trusting who someone's character is, what they're showing you after going through something like that? 
That is a great question because I am like a highly anxious person. <laughs> so I am, uh, you know, like I think for anxious people and especially in dating, it can be hard to understand what is just like your anxious responses to the things that are happening and what is your gut. Um, that all being said, I think that when something does not feel right or in place, like your gut is always ahead of your mind. And um, like, even if like logically you can't really put uh, a finger to what's going on, like that will soon follow. But I think that like one's gut instinct is usually, you know, one step ahead of their mind. And um, I certainly think that, you know, as I've started to recognize like these gut feelings in dating again, I am acting like so much sooner. And I think that's what dating is all about, right? I think a lot of people think that you date to find like the person or the one, but it's really just like a collection of experiences that like refine what you're looking for. Yeah, I really like how you said that because I think, I, I do think the way you approach dating is really smart. Like you're learning from each of these experiences. You're learning from every date, from every relationship. And I feel like a lot of times people want to go into dating and just find their person. And you do have this realistic and logical, I guess, perception about it where you're like, that's not going to happen, but I am going to use all of these experiences as building blocks and, and learn and build and grow and take it from like one to the next. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, um, about changing the narrative a bit. Like I think we go, we go into the dates and like, everything's just like a rejection or like we, and, and I know that you've said this before, but it's like, we spend so much time thinking about other people like us that we're not spending enough time, like wondering if like we even like them or what if like what they are putting out there is something that is enough for us. Mm -hmm. And I think when you like really lean into that narrative, you feel a lot more comfortable just like identifying things that you appreciate in this situation and like things that you, you know, have appreciated about dating that person for however long and like that you are at peace with the fact that they are just not your person and then you're going to move on. And like the, their actions, um, instead of feeling like they're not doing something cause you're not good enough, you can change the narrative to like, they're not doing this and it's not working for me. And I really like try to tell myself that cause they say, you know, you have to talk to yourself the way that you want to talk to like a friend if you're coaching them through dating. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always try to tell my friends. Yeah, it's funny. So I see I've I've been seeing you do that through a situation that you've gone through over the last like month or so. Has it been that long? Yeah, it kind of has. Um, but I also see that through those attempts, like just because you can say that it like it's not about me or I like I don't like this doesn't feel right for me. So like this isn't it like that doesn't make it easy. And I think when people hear that, and I'm not saying you said anything wrong. I, I totally agree with everything you said. But I think when people hear that, like, oh, well, like if they're not like texting you or if they're being like one foot in, one foot out, like that's not the person for you. Or if the way they're communicating isn't right for you, like isn't working for you, is making you anxious and that's not right for you, like go on to the next. Like it's all so much easier said than done. And there really is so much pain behind it. Yeah. So I think like the hard part about that is that when you do end up liking someone to a point where you are getting anxious about their actions or you're like, you know, more invested and you're, you're checking for their texts and things like that, you know, it's harder to come to terms with the fact that there might be elements of them that are not like working for you because it's rare to find a connection. I mean, here we are, we go on like, again, like you give 10 people your number, five people, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And then it shakes out and you're on a date with maybe two people, three, if you're lucky in a week's time, like if you're really dating and if you feel a connection, even if it's a friend, a friendship, but then there starts to be these things that seep in that aren't necessarily working for you. It's a, it's disappointing in that way too, because you know, you're looking for something and yeah. you like them but then you start to see things that aren't working. And so I think that's like another element of it and like why people kind of like sit on things for a long time before moving on to the next. Um, some people can be like, complete, I mean, I've had some great, you know, some great dates since being back in, um, in the game. And like, you know, I, I saw this uh, person a few different times and they were really sweet and everything was like progressing pretty normally. And, um, you know, it was like we went on the first date was drinks, the second date was bites, third date was seated dinner, like all the things were happening. And then I just kind of felt like by the fourth date, I, I looked back and I, I didn't think we ever talked about anything of like real value. Yeah. And it sort of upset me. And then I remember on the next date, I purposely tried to bring that up. And then it just sort of, you know, it, it didn't, it did not land and we didn't, we couldn't like sustain that conversation. And then in my mind, I kind of knew like this yeah. is, you know, but you know, I just put four dates into that. Um, on the other hand, like I also, um, a couple months back went on a couple dates with somebody who was amazing in person. Like we had the most fun first date that I think I've had in like probably my entire it was definitely top two of my entire dating career. Like mm -hmm. we were out so late. We went to a million different bars. Like we were laughing. Like, you know that like when you're with somebody that you feel like you always have to be on for, you're exhausted afterwards. Yeah. I was invigorated afterwards and I was just like having so much fun. Like I want more now. 
Yeah. And then, you know, I literally, you know, I heard from him after the day. We thought we'd see each other again. And then like, I literally did not hear from him for a full blown week after that text. And I was like, you know, I came into your right. car and I was like, I'm being ghosted. Like, again, I pride myself on, on not being ghosted as much as some people may have had, because I really do try to like put the non-ghosting uh, like vibe out there by always letting people know the way that I feel. And I like to think that the energy comes back to me, but I was like, this person's fully just like disappeared off the face of the earth. Strangely enough, like a week later, he ended up texting me back and wanted to go on another date. And I was obviously like very excited. Um, so we did. And again, like in person, so much fun, like amazing. Like, you know, you, the girl brain, it just like spirals off and you're like thinking about your future with people. You're like name, you're like trying on their last name for size. Like it's yep. literally like we Been can't there. help it. Like literally we cannot help it. Um, and then again, like not hearing from them. But what I will say is this allowed me the opportunity to like sort of flex a muscle that I hadn't ever flexed in the past and just like say something to his face on like date three. And it was really hard, but I just said like, Hey, um, this confuses me like this, the way, you know, when you don't respond to my texts or if you ask me what I'm doing and then I, you know, what my week looks like. And then I don't hear back from you. Um, then I it, tell you what my week <laughs> looks like and then I don't hear from you till yeah. that week is over. Until <laughs> the week's already in my rear view mirror. Um, it really sends me mixed signals and frankly, it makes me disinterested. Now, like that took so much, like so much balls for me to say I had never been able to verbalize something like that to a person um but again like I think since what I've been through like I don't want to be where I am ever where I was ever again and I just told myself like this will either like land or it won't right yeah. and like um the person was so great like they you know were super apologetic like acknowledged it's just not like their communication style and whatnot and like you know I eventually ended up making like a lot more effort um you know like things in that situation ended up like fizzling out but I think when I looked back you know once it started to fizzle out um again I really tried to change the narrative like I was so appreciative that I met that person because it like our connection inspired me to flex the muscle of like drawing my boundaries yeah and they're not my person and that's okay and like I'm at peace with like this being the reason that this happened and on to the next and like that's sort of the way that I'm trying to approach things now. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love like watching this kind of unfold in, in real time. And now even hearing you talk about it in hindsight and, and just seeing already the growth from that one situation. Yeah, absolutely. And then like, again, I think, like I said, this pretty early on in, <clears throat> in the podcast, but um, I think people can take dating as a chore and it can be like something that people don't look forward to and it ends up getting stale. And it's hard when you're in your like thirties and, you know, as like, you know, now people are single, till their later 30s early 40s like forever you know like people are like existing um single for a lot longer and like they're really taking the time to find their person and their match and I think that this is sort of like be making sure that you can keep that positive mentality is super important because you can get like fatigued and it is like you know you have to be actively trying to date people and so I just try to do kind of like everything in my power to make sure that it's always an enjoyable experience for me and that like I'm learning something every time and like you know, just trying to keep, you know, keep positive and like, it only has to take one person. Right. So I'm like, not everyone's going to be that person. And, um, but like, what can you enjoy about it while, while you were there anyway? Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you for providing your perspective <laughs> before I let you go. I do have one final question that I love to ask everybody. And that is what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? Okay, the best piece of dating advice I've ever received is literally just like I think I said it earlier, but um, you're not trying to date to find the one like you're really just trying to have a collection of experiences that are just refining what you enjoy and what you what you're looking for and just sort of, you know, find a way to make sure that you're enjoying it while, while you're doing it because there's always someone really interesting to meet. You could find a friend, um, you could find, you know, someone for somebody else and you could, you know, you never know what will happen. Like you could go on a terrible date and then a year later run into them on a train platform and they could be your <laughs> and husband. And make out with them at 8.58 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I really wanted that one to be my husband. That would have been a great story. <laughs> hey, you never know. We got time. That's so true. <laughs> we got time. So true. Well, thank you so much for being here. To everyone who tuned in, thank you for listening. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend you think would enjoy hearing it leave a five-star rating and review and make sure you are following seeing other people on instagram and we'll talk to you next time